Yeah, it's kind of like a prostate exam where you're like, oh, I'm really dreading this. I don't want to deal with this. It's going to be uncomfortable. Then it happens. You're like, oh. Do you do you get a lot of hour long prostate exams? Wait, they're not supposed to be an hour long. <laughs> you know, I don't know how they do medicine over there. So I, that sounds that sounds pretty short to me. So. <laughs> this is New Orleans. I don't know how you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Ours have a little jazz twist to them. Ooh, the twist! <laughs> it, it didn't need that. This is the Still Talking Podcast, our reverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and myself. And we're all here today, which I'm thrilled about. It's been a little while, actually. Has it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Colton was single-handedly uh, getting FET through uh, Congress by seducing Nancy Pelosi last week. So good job on uh, that. It Colton. was Chuck Schumer. but <laughs> <sighs> Got it. That makes more sense. Yeah. It seems like you guys would match up well. Inside Chuck Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes to get it passed man but there was like that amy schumer show inside amy schumer right? which i hate amy schumer that's now, chuck's cousin she not it are they actually related i could believe they that. are you know distantly cool. and really? Zeno would have sex with both of them yeah yeah i mean i'd have sex with mostly anyone <laughs> <laughs> except for baby yoda yeah. keep your goddamn hands off well, baby yoda <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a pedo. <laughs> good, good. Apparently I'm British, though. <laughs> <laughs> Which does not actually, you know, vote for confidence, sorry. Yeah, my uh, thick Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our year in review episode, which means that we're going to fumble through remembering what the fuck happened in 2019, specifically with the distilling industry, but occasionally in popular media, media like Star Wars. <laughs> uh but I think let's not bury the lead. This is important. We will know more by the end of the week. So you will know more than we do at this particular moment in recording. But as an update for the federal excise tax reduction, it has passed two weeks ago. Exactly. For listeners. So in the past. Um, and so, yeah, this is a one year tax extender. Is that correct, Colton? Yeah. Yeah. We only got a year and it's going to be a rough year to keep lobbying in a, in a you know, election year. But. God. And it felt like this year took forever just dealing with that. But it came down to the wire. It was about to not happen at all. So, yeah. So just give us like the elevator pitch of what you guys did last week. You guys had a board meeting, which I know you can't go into too many details there for ACSA. But while you were there, you guys all like the whole board of ACSA stormed the hill and met, had a bunch of meetings. You guys met with what pretty much everyone in power and everyone kind of on board. And you guys made the case and it wasn't looking good for a while, right? Yeah, we basically took any meetings we could. And between the 15 or 17 of us. We're spread out through both the House and Senate, and pretty much everyone's office was pointing fingers at the other guys, saying, "Well, they won't come to the table. It's their fault. Nothing's going to happen. Yada yada yada. You guys are screwed." Except we all support you. That's it is the most <laughs> co-sponsored bill out there, and everyone was just blaming the other one. I'm pretty sure last I heard it was like 76 people, 76 people in the Senate. And what was it like almost it was over 270 in Congress. It was insane. Like it was I think Margie said something along the lines. It was one of the most bipartisan bills like in recent memory. Yeah, it was. I mean, every everyone supports it. It was basically just everyone supports it. So we were all we were getting used as you know, a negotiation piece by both sides, which is a really strange place to be. Basically, they're saying, well, if you do this, we'll give you FET. And then the other side's no, like, no, we'll give you FET. And it's just a back and forth. We're bargaining chips. Yeah. Yep. We were used. It felt <laughs> gross. Man, I really like being used, but hate politics. <laughs> yeah. So you're conflicted. Oh. I get that. Yeah. Uh, well, Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, this is all a moot point and you got FET for another year. So, Which means that ACSA's PAC is, still needs money next year, especially next yeah. year. You, probably way more than what we they got this year. So now I do. When, when we were, I don't know if I've told the story before, but when we were all at the Hill for the fly-in in July, I was talking to a guy who, I think his brother was part of the NRA lobbying team. And he said that the NRA had a similar 
you know, some sort of tax package that they that had a sunset clause on it and they needed extended and they had to do this nine times before it was made permanent. That's that's when the Congress decided, oh, you guys might be serious about this. So get ready. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, I will say one of the nice things that I saw in the days leading up to this is one, pretty much everyone was unified talking about it. I mean, I was seeing stuff from obviously ACSA, DISCUS, ADI. So all of the, you know, relevant associations, pretty much every guild that I get a newsletter from put something out to their membership, which was fantastic. Uh, you know, on an individual level, everyone was talking about it. Pretty much any media that was coming through mentioned it. The New York Times had an article on it. Uh, one of the big beverage guys that works for the New York Times, uh, Clay Risen, Risen, he wrote a big piece on it. Like it, pretty much everyone was unified in favor of it in some capacity. So it was good to see that. The thing I worry about is hopefully it, you know, people don't get complacent, kind of uh, desensitized to it. Yeah, exactly. Complacent, desensitized. Oh, this will go through every year, no matter what. It won't necessarily. Like anytime a tax extender, there's a chance it could die. So, I mean, it's on all of us to make sure that we keep the communication going and make sure we did what we did this year and just everyone bombard, you know, bombard your legislators with calls and say, hey, get this done. And I guess this means we're all meeting in D.C. again. Maybe when you listen to this, this episode, call your senator congressman and tell him thank you. Yeah. They probably don't hear that very often. Unless it doesn't go through the Senate, then tell them to fuck off. Do not tell them thank you then. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely do not. No, you should absolutely call them a thank you. Thank you for being such a slot. All right. So we talked about FET a lot there. Hopefully everything's good there. I'm sure we'll touch base on that real quick on the next episode too. Actually, we're actually where we're at. Um, but let's talk about this year. I mean, a lot happened personally, professionally for all of us, but uh, what do you guys kind of want to touch on? Do you want to touch on associations, product trends, us as a, uh, what do you want to do? Well, I think, I think what we should do first is decide if in fact it was the year of rum as we predicted last year. Absolutely. All right, done. Next topic. I didn't think that was ever up for question. <laughs> yeah, but get, you know what next year is going to be? Oh, please tell me. We'll have to wait till January's episode to hear <laughs> prediction. But I have a I have a place in my gut that I think I know what it's going to be. I bet <laughs> it's going to be rum again. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, this podcast is done. This episode is over. Year of rum. We were right. You're welcome. We should start a little betting pool to see uh, listener can maybe on Instagram they can vote for what they think next year is going to be uh, or what they think we're going to guess it's going to be <laughs> the wild card there. <laughs> <laughs> Cause there's two things. There's what the year will be. And then there's what <laughs> bullshit we come up with. I think that uh, by, and we might've said on like two episodes ago or something, it's been the year of vodka, right? Well, it's been the year of one <laughs> vodka. <laughs> <laughs> One very particular vodka with no bias involved at all. <laughs> I, I think it's been kind of cool. You, I, I, if like my personal opinion is, I think that the the mezcal slope kind of fizzled out in the back half of the year. What do you guys think? Yes, except that we, at least Zeno and I, we both live, you know, east of the country, right? Where I think mezcal's a lot bigger as you get west. Yeah, you elitist twats. <laughs> And then it dies off once you hit Oregon. East Coast assholes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pretty sure people went west when they established this country. They didn't go east. <laughs> yeah, why would they go back east? They were trying to get to something cool. Uh, yeah, I would say Mezcal is still on the radar. It's still got some interest. There's definitely things happening in terms of investment and brands kind of bubbling up. It does seem like the, at least the media attention has definitely slowed down a bit on that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the mergers and acquisitions and investment numbers kind of play out over the course of next year. But I mean, it was really strong 2019 early on, but I think you're right. I think it slowed down a bit. So Mezcal, it didn't die though. I mean, I, I won't even say it flatlined. I, I can't say that for sure, but it was on a crazy rocket trajectory there. Yeah, the like the first quarter of this year, it was agave spirit everything. 
Right. And it was yeah. Breaking Bad Guys and Casamingos and... Um, the Jonas Brothers, I believe. <laughs> the Rock just opened his own uh, tequila plant. Oh, he did. That's right. I-, I believe he actually opened the plant versus where most of these guys are just contracting. So The Rock, I mean, I, I think 2020 is just going to be the year of Rock because he freaking, didn't he invest in an ice cream company too? Like he's doing a little bit of everything. Uh, tequila flavored ice cream. I'd try it. If it. Hey, if The Rock's putting his name on it, <laughs> I can smell what he's cooking. Yeah, yeah. I think it was actually, it's a salt and straw. It's a chain of ice cream. I don't know if they started in Portland, but I know they. Yeah, that's Portland. Yeah, I think so. Oh, and you kids went there. Yeah. They're crazy popular. So that's, he's, he's making some good moves. So I don't think Mezcal will die anytime soon. I think it's going to keep being popular. I think it's going to keep building out, but I think it will, like you said, it's kind of slowed down. It probably is going to plateau a bit. I'm seeing the same thing kind of happen, you know, rye and single malt again, at least in the, like this is our own personal bias within our own community bubble, but a lot of the conversation and kind of, I guess, hype around those products has slowed down a little bit. I still think single malt has a lot of growth and innovation that can go on with it. Um, but the hype is definitely slowed down. A I am interested to see, and again, maybe this is my own bubble bias of what I'm hearing and talking to people about, but it seems like I'm constantly hearing about liqueurs. People are really start you know rtds of course which we've talked endlessly about liqueurs are definitely something a lot of new people and a lot of established people are really kind of playing with and toying with because it's it's quick efficient money i can see that i mean we're we're ignoring that it's the year of rtd but (laughs) right that too we can jump past that (laughs) um i could say that i could see that though brian i'm I'm, like if you think about look at this whole spin that jagermeister like how they kind of rebranded and now they're like a Fernet, right? Yep. It's like get a beer and a shot of Jaeger to like as a digestif, which <laughs> is nonsense. It's still Jaeger. Yeah, it's still absolutely Jaeger. I don't care how cold it, it is. It still should be drank with Red Bull. <laughs> yep. Of course it's cold. It's German. <laughs> but no, I could definitely see that trend. Like, I mean, that that's more into what we'll do in January for that prediction episode. But I, I, I could see that happening taking some of that uh, the hype away from the other brands. But, I mean, we kind of have to talk about RTDs. We talked about it the whole time. Yeah. But uh, it, it just, I don't know, has it, has it gone down? I want to see what, like, what White Claw sales are in OMD. Yeah. If only <laughs> I had some sort of device that was connected to a web of information. Well, it's white, does White Claw put out their numbers like that? Yeah, if only. No, there will be uh, Nielsen in different places that will track it, and I'm sure we can get pretty close. And if they do well, they will absolutely publish, publicize those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. It dominated It dominated <laughs> this shitty podcast, but it dominated It dominated. Uh, Even though it's a mall <laughs> beverage, it still dominated right. our conversation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because, it's, because it's just, it's what everyone is drinking right my stupid millennial mind uh, i wonder if this we're going to start seeing more of like meme worthy drinks is that a thing that's going to keep carrying on or is that something that's just like we'll see one a year or it's going to fizzle out just as quickly as they pop up because that was the thing is we kept waiting for white claw to like fizzle out after a month and it just kind of kept going it had legs that i don't think anyone quite expected so i'm curious to see if there are certain trends like that RTDs or otherwise that we're going to see kind of live past their expected, you know, lifetime with the power of like social media and memes and stuff like that. And again, we're talking about a large producer with large, you know, this is not necessarily our craft demographic, but people could maybe capitalize on that on a local level, which is the next thing we can talk about too, is obviously this is the year of, you know, hyper local. So I want to kind of pop back. You were mentioned when we were talking about Mezcal or Agave Spirits in general. You were talking about some mergers and acquisitions and stuff kind of like that. What was the biggest M and A this year that you can that popped in your head? Uh, the sale of Ballast Point. Yeah. For what? I think the number is like the rumored number is about seventy five million. Yeah, it was rumored. They never quite gave. That was just their spirits. So they 
if I remember right, they separated their spirit. Yes, yes. So they're cut. They turned into Cutwater, which also sold to AB and Bev this year. So yes, they they double sold. That's right. Thank you. They they both sold, but they sold sep- at separate times. What did they sell Cutwater to AB and Bev? I don't think that number is out there. I I have not seen the exact numbers, but Colton's right that the speculation is pretty pretty substantial. Um, that was really interesting, and I think we did talk about that a little on one of the past. No, no, no. I was saying that Ballast Point was super low because they bought it for a billion and sold it for seventy five million or something. Does not. I'm not good at business, but that to me doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound like good business. <laughs> Oh, I was just talking about the Cutwater side because I think the Cutwater side did well. Yes, I do too. Because they rode that RTD wave and they're just, you know, right, again, right place. I, it's not even right place, right time with them. Right. Can't sell two companies like that and call it right place, right time. They were just, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think the, I think in a lot of that is because they were established, right? Ballast Point. I mean, shit, I was drinking Ballast Point beer and I was drinking Sculpin IPA when I was back in Pittsburgh forever ago right right so they were have been established brand so whether they're going to make beer or spirits i think that you know when someone's going to acquire them they have that they have the numbers to support the equity in their brand right the valuation of their company well again this is not a spirits brand but the news just broke recently about new belgium right oh yeah i mean that's i don't know if i've seen any specific numbers on that one but I know that's making quite a few waves in that. Well, they were also, they're an employee-owned company, right? Yeah, so they just took a vote, and the vote passed to sell. So they were, I mean, that's a big deal. That's really, it's interesting to see that happen. And I know, like, locally, people seem kind of disappointed, but from a business perspective, I kind of get it, too. Ken Grossman, if you're listening to this and you want to start a distillery, you will forever be, like, my first craft beer and brewery and my first love of beer huh. uh, i will help you in any way because you need my help to do yeah <laughs> we know you're not experienced so <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what the hell he's doing startup baby yoda vodka with ken grossman it's going to be all the monies um i think that no we're talking about we're, just, we're getting really deviated into the beer sector here but uh i thought that boston beer and dogfish head was kind of a big deal. That's technically a spirits, uh, a spirits merger, right? Yeah, it is, and it is. It's it's tied with spirits, correct? And I think that it's it's odd. I really do. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. What kind of money? Because I mean, Boston beer is not craft by any means. <laughs> Even though they want to call themselves that, yeah. right? You know, when you start huffling twisted tea. You kind of lost me. Got to make those dollars, man. Yeah, well, and they're a fine brand, and they make some good beers. It's it's fine, but you know the fact that they—it's so—it seems so weird out of Dogfish Head, and you know, Colton. I know you were a big—you were a beer kid. Indeed, I unfortunately was a beer kid. I'll admit it. (laughs) That sounds really fucked up. (laughs) We got to have a talk with your parents. And you know that, like, I think Dogfish Head for a lot of beer kids or back in the day was so important because they're like, oh, yeah, he's doing it differently and they're doing all this crazy stuff. And what is it, off centered ales? Yeah, for off centered people. Yeah. And now they're just like, well, eh. I think in terms of the mergers and acquisition side, that the part that really kind of got my attention this year was what appeared to be a shift in minority acquisitions. I mean, cause we saw a number of those, right? I mean, we saw uh, constellation came in and did a couple different uh, minority investments. What black button distillery were they Montana as well? I think. Yeah. Montana distillers, uh, black button, like a number of distilleries came in and had a map. They, they fully bought out Greenbrier. That's right. They did. Yep. But they had already had a minority stake. Well, and then uh, was Balcones, did that get another minority investment from Davos Brands? Or was that more than that? I didn't follow that one super close. I think that was a distribution deal. I also did not follow it close, but I believe it's mostly a distribution deal on that side. That was a distribution deal? Okay. 
I want to disclose this too. If someone wants a minority stake in Still Talking Podcast, <laughs> you can have it for a very, very low. What price. Zeno's saying is, if you literally want to buy him, like buy that stake in the podcast, you can. Like he will totally sell himself. <laughs> body and soul and i will be glad to cash in on that as well i'm happy to sell zeno to anyone who's interested you want me to sit in your basement and talk into a mattress i will (laughs) man that is such a specific kink you know what i find odd about that is that you're using that as a sound deadening is that like you just had a mattress lying around (laughs) i'm just gonna set up this mattress like who has a fucking mattress like that they're willing to just lay around. Brian, are you surrounded by mattresses right now? Or used to be? <laughs> right. No one listening to this is thinking that Colton is using a mattress for sound dampening. <laughs> he is in a goddamn pillow fort that happens to be made up of partially mattresses. I mean, if you guys at this age are not still making pillow <laughs> forts, I don't know what's wrong with you. I just don't have time for that anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> you are not a Toys R Us kid, sir. <laughs> Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. So I know, I know that was that was a pretty heartbreaking bankruptcy there. You know, I went to Toys R Us. I don't know before it closed, probably in its final days. And maybe I'm just an old man, <laughs> but the toys these days suck. These days now, yeah, compared to back in the day, yeah, yeah, they seem like like they're cheap and small and crappy. I just was not. Legos are the only thing that stay true. Yeah, like Legos are always good. Yeah, but you gotta like mortgage your house to buy Legos now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know they have a Star Destroyer that's like seven hundred dollars. I'm like, well, I'm gonna <laughs> buy this at some point. I'm gonna feel real guilty about it. That's why we're trying to sell Zeno like so much. We need that cash to buy that freaking Star Destroyer. Here's a new thing that I've been into too, and I got it for my father-in-law. And I'll probably buy something myself too. The Lego kicks now have custom lights that you can buy that like light up parts of it. So if it's like Star Wars. So you just got in, you just got into the lights part of that. That's what I heard from your sentence. I'm just buying the lights. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just buying Lego lights. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically, they're very expensive, (laughs) tiny LEDs. That's all it is. Exactly. Stimulating that economy. Keep at it. No, no. <laughs> I, I really got that message across clearly. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's see what the hell we were talking about. So we talked about mergers, acquisitions. Uh, I think we touched on that pretty well. What else? Uh, what else is interesting about this year? How did how did rum do since it was the year of rum? How did it do this year? Let's see if I can pull up some yeah. of my stats here. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go all sciencey. <laughs> You just want me to make it up? I can definitely make it up. Yeah, we don't want to support <laughs> our conversation with data. Okay. that's I'm totally fine with just ignoring like the details that I actually publish out there. Uh, in that case, yeah, Rome did fantastic. <laughs> it was super great. Everyone's Best happy. Best year ever. Best year ever. I do think... Uh, I do think... <laughs> I don't think it was the TTB, but some, some countries, uh, you know, standards and regulations did start classifying rum much more, you know, product type and, you know, island category and things like that. So they gave it a much better classification than it has had than just like generic rum, which, which is a move in the right direction of. Right. Well, and again, if we're strengthening the category as a whole. As in like agriculture can only be called agriculture. Well, also like single pot versus sort of pot and column blend versus what's a Barbados style. What's a, you know, Jamaican style, that kind of thing. Yeah, because they didn't really have any regulations on that before, and they're starting to sort of come back on that. Yeah, that's good. Well, and there were a couple notable acquisitions on the rum side. So that, I mean, that's promising. That shows that there's obviously some money there, unless it's a situation people are just trying to unload, unload their portfolios, but I don't believe that was the scenario with those. Yeah, like you said, Montana. I don't think that was a certainly not an unload. You don't unload your only, yeah, brand. No, but when that is when that is your portfolio. So exactly, yeah. And there was a couple others too on that list. So uh, I think you know. Again, rum is one of those 
you know, hopefully sleeping giants there, but I think it's, it's still got room for growth and I think it is upticking a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes next year too, since it will be the year of rum part two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, maybe we don't know. Let's tease it. Oh, let's tease we it. Don't know. <laughs> Every, everyone knows listener knows. <laughs> Just the tip. It's the year of. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Uh, I'm out, guys. Yep, that was it. That's all we needed for this episode. I can't wait for this fucking year to be over. (laughs) No, this was actually a good year. It was uh, overall. I. It was fun to see the podcast grow too. Like it's still just listener, but I feel like listeners gotten a little chubbier listening to us and. So, assuming I'm wait, listening. why are they getting chubby? Like, was that a sexual joke? Like, Whoa. you're assuming they're a male and they're getting like yeah. a partial erection? Nope. Or are they like eating too much? But it is now because they're listening to podcasts. Like, I I imagine you've got to definitely like eat to like listen to this podcast. Like, you've got to go ahead. Do you not think that we're good hype men for the gym? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> actually that's a good point people could see yeah. see us together in a photo and be like yeah i'm definitely gonna go to the gym that's that's a great idea yeah, that's true like look those guys they're almost dead uh like um the connotation of people eating while uh listening to this disgusts me <laughs> that upsets you yeah, you mean yeah. them doing anything other than sitting like in rapt attention just listening to our voices I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. Still talking is best listened to in the news. (laughs) (laughs) Just as it's recorded. (laughs) Staring at mattresses. We all just sit in a circle back to back. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Staring at mattresses. (laughs) That's why you guys turn around? Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Awful. So, yeah, still talking. Uh, Do we, we'll talk about this the next episode, what we have planned for 2020. But uh, this year, we actually did accomplish a few things. We've got a, Got a merch store, got swag people can buy, which I bought a hat, which I still haven't seen. I assume it's not real. And Colton just stole that money. Yeah, I meant to talk to you about that. I actually canceled that order. We can talk offline on why. (laughs) Oh, you bastard. I really wanted that hat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So I'm teasing a merch store that maybe doesn't. No, no, there's definitely a merch store. I just canceled Brian's. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, fuck you then. All right. So anyone else go to the merch store, check it out. That's right. (laughs) There is. I got some sweet (laughs) stickers that I uh, set down somewhere and forgot. I have no, I no idea where they are. Nice. Nice. I'm glad you got your order. And listener, you too can set stickers down somewhere. Yeah. The best way to get our swag, and I hate (laughs) the word swag, but the best way to utilize it is to set it down somewhere as soon as you get it. Be excited about it. And sit it down somewhere where you know you will forget. <laughs> so that someone else can pick it up and then you can buy more. <laughs> yeah. Because again, we've established there's only one listener. So we need you to be a reoccurring customer. Uh, also next year, well, I guess we can tease it out a little bit too. But next year we're looking at setting up like uh, some listener support. So Patreon. So now I feel like I feel like Brian wasn't Brian wasn't very clear on that. We are not planning to support you, listener. We need you to support us. <laughs> that came from listener, right? That was listener's suggestion. No, abs- no, no. I was very clear. We are supporting listener because otherwise we have no listener. So I definitely want to throw some cash out at whoever will continue to download this podcast. No, give us money. That'd be great. Zeno needs it. You know what, listener? If you just want to call and talk, like we can do that. I can just, I can talk to you. <laughs> Like just you're just having a shitty day or a great day. We can just chat. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get weird. No, no, it wasn't weird until you were like, yeah. <gasps> All right, what else we got on the list, guys? I for, I feel like we weren't complete talking about mergers and acquisitions. So, um, well, on on that list of things that happened this year was the TTB opened up the regulations for the first time and over a decade let us comment which i you know only wrote dirty comments to so oh yeah that's true yep i just i just copy and pasted all the comments i found on pornhub into the ttb database (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it ensures that they'll never allow us to do this again. So, <laughs> which is my second favorite part of porn. The, the, the first thing he adds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely. He gets a lot of good, uh, yeah, Christmas gift ideas from those ads. The ads are insane, but anyways. <laughs> um, speaking of ads, um, I'm going to go right from Pornhub into High Proof Creative. Oh, High Proof <laughs> Creative. That, that, that is definitely the segue of the year. High Proof Creative launched Small Batch Maps which allows you to find craft distilleries and products around your city. Are you reading copy right now? No, but I need to be. Because I know that she gave us a list, but I don't remember what it is. You really should be. Yeah. <laughs> it was very specific. Yeah. Karen was like, it does all these really cool things. I read it. I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. It's great. We should talk about these poorly. <laughs> Yeah, it might be better if they just go check out High Proof Creative instead of us talking about it. They will get a much better representation of High Proof Creative. Go to their website, give them a call. <laughs> Did we ever have Karen on the show? Actually? No, we talked about it a lot. <laughs> we should probably do that because, I mean, she is kind of awesome and I'm really appreciative of everything that they do and continue to do, to be honest with you. I want to shout out to Ryan, too. He's been yep. amazing. Yeah incredibly uh, proactive and yeah we'd have zero social media we'd have they took a real chance when we called them and said hey we do this podcast nobody listens we have no social media we have no way to contact any listeners we need your help by sponsorship they are great and uh the maps thing that we are blaming I mean... on right now is awesome. <laughs> that was the exact copy <laughs> that was, that, you know what they really got to work on the copy editing <laughs> they should not let Zeno do it anymore <laughs> uh, uh, thank you Hyperproof Creative but it, it's, been a, it's been a solid year um, how about uh, respective businesses how are things going for you guys professionally because this isn't professional no so. I mean this is surprisingly successful but not professional even a little bit on the professional side things are going good i've we did an entire episode on me and the publication which i was not ready for but i found actually really delightful and fun to do uh, i got to go on npr this year that was a really fun interview and be with smart people that's true yes you're famous now i'm well for like good reasons now that's nice um yeah it's been professionally a really good year i actually you'll love this <clears throat> i had a conversation with my uh accountant and he's been with us like since the very beginning and he started the conversation saying hey brian i just want to let you know uh again congratulations on beating all of my expectations about you and the company <laughs> <laughs> and he and he went on for like two minutes about, yeah, you've beat every trend I've seen and every expectation. I'll be honest. I did not think you'd ever get to this point. So congratulations. I'm like, I, I mean, it's really positive what he's saying, but I don't know how I should take it. He went to an accountant and said, I'm opening a print magazine. This is the time. No, no. Yeah. I mean, he really had no faith in you whatsoever. And that's your account. Right. Yeah. I want to do a print focused publication in a super niche, incredibly small industry. You're cool with that, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Go for it, man. <laughs> hey, I'm going to start a uh, telegraph company that builds custom telegraph machines. <laughs> Will they be delivered by people on ponies? I'm sorry. I can only understand. Yeah. So again, despite all expectations, yeah, we're doing really good on that. And so that's nice. And I, a lot of it's just the industry. The industry still, despite FET issues, uncertainty, things like that, the industry's growing. Oh yeah. Should we, should we talk about your science call you had today? The most chaotic conference call I've ever been on. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually the next one. <clears throat> never have, never have 50 people call into one line. <laughs> It, oh, sorry, I missed oh, it. Oh, you did. 
No, my God. It was funny because, so yeah, that's a, that's a great next professional update is we've been working on this Society of Distilling Scientists and Technologists, which is a U.S. focused science nonprofit. Uh, we've agreed we're going to do like 501c3 status. But yeah, so we, we've kind of, we took a, I won't say a hiatus, but it kind of, there was a lull there for a couple months is myself and the other guy kind of leading the charge on this Gary Spedding. We just got really busy, so we haven't been able to follow up as much. And so we've kind of re-kicked it off. He's working on the Articles of Incorporation, uh, the bylaws, all that stuff. I'm working on the peer-reviewed trade journal side. There's a lot of different moving parts we're doing, and but it's it's moving along nicely again. But so we decided to get all the volunteers on and invite them to a quick conference call. And I expected, you know, maybe a dozen people there. We had over 35 people on the call today, which was just wild. So, and I mean, there's a lot of people from different universities around the country, you know, PhDs, people actually know what the hell they're talking about. And there's a pretty enthusiastic group of people that want to get a science group together and really come up with, you know, methodologies and education materials. And it's, it's, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. And ACSA is really kind to us. They're going to go ahead and give us a room at their convention in Portland this year. So we're going to go ahead and meet up in person uh, at ACSA. We've got to settle on the date and the time, but hopefully prior to then. I really hope by that you mean like one hotel room. Yeah, just one. And not, not like <laughs> no, a suite either, room. like just a single. Yeah, it's two, two queen two beds. Queen beds. <laughs> Double beds with a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will be my room, so don't go in the bathroom. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I'm blowing. <laughs> I'm blowing that thing up, man. <laughs> no, we're gonna have like yeah, thirty people in one one little tiny room. It's gonna be very intimate. We're gonna get a lot done. I mean, you yeah. know, we're going ACSA. It's a brand new hotel. It like opens the week before we. Oh, get that's exciting. I gotta hurry up and book that. I should get on that. I, although I, I think I'm driving. So that's the end of March. End of March. End of yeah. March. Yes. Yeah, it should be good. I'm excited for Portland. Portland Portland in March is fun. That'll be good. So yeah, Science Society. Everything's moving along on that. So any listener who is interested in more of that, let us know. We very specifically are setting it up to where it's technologists because we know, you know, this isn't just for chemists or, uh, you know, this is people in production, but people who are also just really passionate about the science side and making sure that we, as an industry, do a better job of cataloging our knowledge, our information, doing some more research and really sharing it widely with everyone involved who can benefit from it. So we'll see. I'm, I'm very excited to actually get this done, get a board, you know, get an interim board together, take some boats, work with the different associations around the country. The nice thing is because we're 501c3, we're not doing lobbying. I mean, that's fully in the lap of ACSA and DISCUS and those groups. So this is just a small group focused on science that will work with anyone and everyone. So yeah. That's hopefully I'll have more information on that at the end of January as well. Now, this may not be decided yet, but for the board, is it mandatory to wear lab coats to the meetings? Yeah, and I'm going to it's it we're going to have a unique uh nomination process where essentially you push someone into a pit and they have to fight uh to <laughs> yeah. see who gets on and that's just for the interim board. It's going to be real cutthroat. It's going to be great. <laughs> You know, when you're talking about lab coats, I'm going to say this, and I end up, might end up cutting it because see how much of a dick I want to be. But at Beam, there was, you know, it was called the Global Innovation Center. And there was all these people, and they had, like, their custom lab coats, and certain people had, like, red lab coats. It was, like, this whole weird empire dynamic. Was there a hierarchy of lab coats? I got. I used to get so miffed about it, man. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, you guys are terrible. Students. Don't you dare You're cut that. I want the world to know how nerdy and dumb that is. That's great. <laughs> what color designated the highest rank? I think red. red. I think red was. All right. Yeah. So we, we're going to get red lab coats and put like black bands on the shoulders just to show that we're fucking better. That's a little Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when I, I realized when I said bands on the arm that that's that. I'm really glad you didn't say it was the white color because that would have been real bad. <laughs> Like Colton, get in this oven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, why'd you have to say it to the one Jew dude, hon? It's look, it's for science. It's, it's okay. for science. <laughs> Trust me, I'm wearing a red lab coat. <laughs> oh, these are not okay jokes. Also, no, I terrible. Also, yeah. I said Jew dude, which is not even remotely <laughs> okay. I'm really <laughs> disappointed no one called me out on that. Shame on every one of us. God. 
especially you, Colton, you should know better. <laughs> so, so that's funny. You said Jew, dude. I have a, I have a funny anecdote that's in that along the same lines that is totally inappropriate. That um, my cousins that are like my brothers, there's one that's like, like a year older than me, and there's one that's like two years younger than me or somewhere. I don't know. We're all around the same age. At any rate, the younger one said to the older one, he was like, dude, did you see that guy? He just called those wheelchair people wheelies. And the older one was like, did you just call the people in wheelchairs wheelchair people? <laughs> it was like a comedy of airs. Like oh, wheelies, that's great. Wheelchair people. <laughs> oh, that's real good. Oh, man. Yeah. So we're very woke here on the Still Talking Podcast. <laughs> we are the yeah. wokest of the distilling podcasts that air with us three. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so back to uh, what we're working on. Um, yeah, right. So there's there's your update on the Science Society. So stay tuned for more. Empirical hierarchy <laughs> at Beam Suntory. <laughs> at any rate, um, Colton, what, uh, what kind of things have you been working on? Like any good spirits, anything unique that you're pretty excited about or you've had a lot of fun doing? I know that you've done a lot of contract stuff. It seems like every time I talk to you, there's like a contract. Yes, here we did. We did a ton of contracts. We we picked up. We moved to um, a new big distributor in I want to say February, or March, nice. uh, which t- took like fifteen states or so. So just consolidating that was real nice to not have to deal with you know fifteen extra different distributors. Um, the whole year we worked on a giant new package redesign, which will come out in january or february this year that was kind of our main focus and in terms of product wise you know the past few years we've just been trying to consolidate SKUs and not have 40 as we used to so we're down to a core six and then wow i never thought that would happen that's why another six another six support items but so you mean 12 um, what you're saying is 12 <laughs> I just want to go over to say, I never said to do that. I never said that was a good idea. (laughs) That's awesome, actually. So, I mean, you can really focus. Yeah, we still we still get to play around. But, you know, at this point, any sort of experiment side really just stays, you know, front of house in the distillery as, you know, a point of sale. That's good. It's not going to go out into the market. That's nice. You get to maintain your innovation, but be targeted. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you focus your flagships in the markets that you want to, right? Exactly. And it's just like going through that package redesign, it was very stressful, but it's, you know, the most stressful part about it was it's everything's going to be screen printed now. So we had to order up front two containers worth of glass um, just to make it somewhat affordable. But I have nowhere to store. Yeah, I was going to say, where are you putting that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like 40 skids or something. It's uh, it's going to be tricky. Our tours are now going to become sort of like a corn maze, but a glass skid maze. <laughs> you won't see anything except for tall skids of glass. That sounds awesome. That's one thing I'm fortunate about. I have a lot of storage space at the warehouse facility in New Orleans. Like, I would say two-thirds of it can be because I'm in a similar scenario because we have a custom mold bottle for Bolden. Yeah, so you got to buy it in yeah. mass, large quantities yeah. of the so time. So I'm, I'm pretty much after the new year, I'll probably get about 22 pallets. Worth yeah, it's, it's going to be a big change for us just with everything coming screen printed or, you know, more than that, everything coming pre-labeled mm-hmm. to sort of just have to organize stocks. You know, before it was just... You had a stock of glass and stocks of labels, which is a lot easier to manage versus I have this many triple smoke bottles that I can use and this many rye bottles that I can use, right? So just the logistics of everything is going to be a big change, Yeah, which is needed and we're excited for it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about where Corsair came into the picture at the very, almost the infancy of the craft distilling movement. Right. So it's changed so much, the industry and everything that the branding, it gets antiquated no matter what you do. Right. You have to, you have to change. Right. Yeah. Right. When we came on, it was, you know, brown labels everywhere with just small writing that only had, you know, 
somebody's grand somebody's grandfather's name on it. Yeah. Right. And there wasn't any sort of unique I mean there were a couple, but super out there products. And now, you know, the old granddad bottle is the unique one. Yeah. Whatever. You don't you don't say anything bad about old granddad. I swear <laughs> to God. I was I was giving it more value. Yeah. I don't ever um, see Colton saying anything poor about old granddad. I just that's <laughs> not a reality I ever expect to experience. Bottle and bond only, kids. Just remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I addressed that to kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please don't. <laughs> if you are a child, if you are a child <laughs> listening to this, please stop. You drank that eighty proof one. <laughs> You're not ready for that hundred proof. Yeah, you rewind back to the Jew jokes. That's much more. <laughs> no, no, there were not multiple jokes. There was just one about Colton, and it was inadvertent, guys. Yeah. Unless you're a wheelie, then we don't want you listening. Um. <laughs> ah, best end of the year episode ever. How about you, uh, Zeno? You've had a lot go on personally and professionally this year. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say more personally. Than, uh, than professionally. Professionally, it just is kind of like, you know, it's a pretty much like year one, right? Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, we had some things happen with licensing and how, you know, we have a very small team of investors and like on our board. And we had some, some things happen that just like kind of slowed things down a little bit. So I had unexpected downtime which I hate, um, <laughs> but it turned out I could get some other things done and really kind of regroup and replan to execute some other things that we wanted to do, but it just got delayed by about, I would say, maybe a quarter or so. But like, you know, we had the two facilities and they're still up in the air and i am really been pushing this raw cane juice angle because not many people are doing that because they can't and I can. Yep. So I've put a lot of time and efforts in that. I've also, uh, we've taken a lot of efforts on doing some uh, like joint ventures with people. And we've also done some contracts as well. So it's been a real hodgepodge year for me. And it's way different than what I was doing uh, in big whiskey. And dealing dealing with a hierarchy of lab coats. Yeah, <laughs> hierarchy of lab coats. I want to go back to that. Yeah. I want to say that doesn't apply. Like I'm saying they're all doing <laughs> fake science there. There are a couple actual decent scientists there, but generally speaking, which I take very broad strokes if you haven't gathered that by now, listener. Yeah, right. I, it, it's just, it's different, right? Because there isn't any kind of hierarchy now, really. It's like me and the owner. Yeah. And and that's about it. So that's great and stressful in a different way. So but I'm pretty excited. I think that uh this coming year is gonna be uh you know, I can get more into that in the predictions of you know what's talking about the, the year to come. But uh I think a lot of this we needed this year to get us in the best position for next year. So. That's great, man. Yeah, but rum. It's I mean, I'm still all about bolden. I'm really Freaking bolden. All rum. Yeah, I gotta send everyone bold, and I know it's bad. I keep talking about doing it, but I just never do. Send it. I, I want to drink it. Smart. I want to share it with people. Yeah, it's. I mean, I like it. I, it, it I, if someone didn't like it, I'm totally cool with that too. Oh, I should say this. I don't know if I told you guys. John McKee came down to visit. I say that. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, he came down. I guess a couple weeks ago or so. I don't know. He was doing a build at some place in some other part of Louisiana that was like an hour and a half or two hours away. And he drove down just for the day and we like hung out all morning and showed him around and BS and drank some stuff and then went and had lunch. Gordon, the owner was there too. Who's, he's a lot of fun. I know you guys have met him too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it was great to catch up with McKee. And it's funny to see, hear his perspective and like walking him through and I'm like, yeah, I found this and this is annoying and that's annoying with this and, you know, I love having other distillers, other manufacturers' eyes on your process, right? Then I just tell them you're wrong, fuck you. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> right, you just completely tune out any criticism you might hear. 
No, those exposed wires are absolutely fine, sir. It adds a certain ambiance to the uh, distillery. Yeah. I like to burn my sage in my proofing tank. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, John McKee. John McKee with your safety expertise and your yeah. your desire to keep us alive. Yeah. God, McKee. Let me live my life. No, it was all in all actuality. It was great because I'm like, oh yeah, this thing. And he he had some good suggestions because you know he has a different perspective and he builds stills around the country. And it's cool. I got to learn more about him and Courtney and their business. And yeah, they're awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, they're really really beautiful people. So. They they yeah, like sincerely they are, and I love what they've still continued to do with you know, the good guy distillers group. I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. Cause I know that's been, uh, I think they kind of want to do more with that. I've talked to John a little bit about that and we should get him back on the podcast and chat some more about that. Cause I, I would love to see something like the good guys group do more and maybe not necessarily expand, but be more active and engaged because I love the idea of kind of an independent group of just like-minded people coming together, helping out. I think there's a lot more our community community can do together in a, positive proactive way that i think we should all try and be a part of and that's again we can say that a little for the next episode things we want to see and do yeah so mckee coming by was great um it, it was a lot of fun and it's always good to see people that like hey my friend like two or three times a year i get like four times this year right so that was really lovely and, and for the record i love when distillers other distillers come to wherever i am would it be in kentucky when i was in kentucky or here in New Orleans, it's great when they come and visit. I, I'm always my door is open to 100% of distillers, um, at no matter what level. I love to come in and show you around and talk yep. shop. And three brewers and two winemakers. <laughs> That's it, though. Uh, but no homebrew. Oh, no, no, but home, home mead makers. You're more than welcome. <laughs> yeah. If you're making, if you're a beekeeper, actually, if you're a beekeeper, you're definitely welcome because I love bees. Um, like professionally or just a dude who has a jar full of bees? Yeah. I'm good with either, actually. <laughs> if, you're, if you're keeping them alive and you just have a jar full of bees, you're tending to that hive. I'm into it, man. Score. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's been a, I think it's been a pretty interesting year for all of us. I, I think that, you know, it was a decent year for spirits. I think that as much as we make fun of White Claw, and everything like that. It, it took a big yeah, bite. It kind of sure. spirits a little bit. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, and I've talked about it on here a bunch before, and we've talked about it. It's like the uh, Kettle One Botanicals and the low cow thing. I fucking hate that. Um, <laughs> like, if you're drinking alcohol, don't count calories. Like, don't drink. Like, if you're trying to save calories and you're trying to be healthy, don't drink. Don't be healthy and drink. Alcohol isn't really healthy after the first drink. So stop being a fucking idiot and either drink, commit to it and be a sloppy bitch <laughs> like we are. Right? <laughs> or. Yeah. You don't see us half-assed in our drinks. Yeah. I've had like seven Lafroids since we've been recording. <laughs> yeah. I still, do, I bottles. still don't have a glass out here in the secondary office. So I'm still drinking directly from a bottle. So that says a lot about the quality. <laughs> Locale. Locale. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, I, I think that, it, you know, it took a dent and I'm excited to see what happens. It's nice that like Jeff, when we were up at, at Cardinal and, the way RTDs are going in that avenue, because I think that's kind of where White Claw and Spirits intersect, right? Is RTDs, hopefully. Yeah, right. Like if we can just get the, you know, the tax difference on yeah. White right. Claw versus a Spirit RTD closer, I think we'll watch them just skyrocket. Yep. But overall, I can't say. I mean, I don't have bad years anymore. I'm a pretty happy guy, contrary to popular. Um, but I, I think it was a pretty solid year and, uh, I enjoyed it. I've been, I've actually, as much as I dread recording every time that we record uh, about <laughs> one hour in, I, I'm like, oh yeah, this was good. <laughs> <laughs> Just when it's ending, I'm like, yeah, all right. That wasn't that bad. <laughs> Just like the year. <laughs> Year's almost over. Okay. It, it could have been worse. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a prostate exam where you're like, oh, I'm really dreading this. I don't want to deal with this. It's going to be uncomfortable. Then it happens. You're like, oh. Do you do you get a lot of hour-long prostate exams? Wait, they're not supposed to be an hour long? <laughs> you know, I don't know how they do medicine over there. So I, that, sounds, that sounds pretty short to me. So. <laughs> this is New Orleans. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> yeah. Ours have a little jazz twist to them. Ooh, the twist. It, it didn't need that. Yeah, just to just to keep the sort of sappy, happy feeling going. We had a lot of listener reach out this year yeah. too, um, and we always enjoy that. So yeah, even when it's very harsh criticism, we enjoy that. Too. Yeah, and it's nice just to know listener is listening. So, and it actually, you know, we do take it to heart, like knowing what we can do better, you know, who we can interview, what you want to hear. Like that means a lot to us, and it's it's nice to know that we're actually helping some people, which seems just crazy and bizarre like all around, but we're really glad we can be a part of this community. So thank you. This amount of positivity is making me sick. It's real gross. Can we be <laughs> done? Let's finish for the year. Yeah. I do want you. listener to comment more and tell us what to talk about though, because yeah. then I don't have to work. They're just like, Oh, here's a topic. Um, or ask a question. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm disgusted by this. So, uh, <laughs> final thoughts, final, final thoughts of 2019. Ooh. 2019. Insignificant. Time is insignificant. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nietzsche. Let's let's do this. Okay, so what is the first thing that pops in your head? Like, what really resonated with you? The thing that you drank in 2019. Yeah, it's a tough one, right? Old granddad. I want to say it before either of you guys. Never had before. It's my first time. <laughs> it's real nice. I liked it. <laughs> I would say volumetrically, like for me, it was Barbon Court eight year. I have drank an unhealthy amount of Barbon Court eight year, probably. <laughs> um, and it's great because I'll switch like the fifteen. I'll get the four year. Like I'll try them, and eight year is the is the best bang for your buck. It's my new old granddad. It's my Louisiana old granddad. Uh, so big shout out to that Haitian rum conglomerate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. Um, uh, everyone may like vehemently disagree with me in terms of its price points, which I will not necessarily defend based on its age and everything around it, but I really enjoyed being able to sample some of the product from Kentucky Peerless, the distillery there. Uh, Part of that is my own personal bias because I really like uh, the father-son duo behind it, Uh, Corky and Carson Taylor, really good guys. I got to be there in their distillery before when they bought the building and kind of gutted it and kind of started putting together the plans and kind of see them over the years. So to be able to visit this, them this year and actually sit down and try some of the product and see what they've built. Uh, that was, that was really endearing. I, I enjoyed every moment of that and to actually taste the product, which I think is really good. I, and I think it's, it's got more growth. It's got more potential, but I was pretty impressed and pretty damn happy with what they got to put together. And again, the price point's pretty excessive, but uh, they're building something. And I like that. So I'm going to go with uh, more of a, a category than a particular spirit, but Ew. especially after especially after the competition and just thinking back, I found a lot of them this year, but flavored whiskeys <laughs> have surprisingly shocked me. They've gotten away from being just way too sweet to a more balanced, this is whiskey with a nice screwball all day in it. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've been butt chugging since the start of this. <laughs> podcast oh so butt chugging screwball uh-oh it's time <laughs> for someone to go to bed they're alarming. that is me. that was you golden yeah <laughs> oh you've got full old band setting a bedtime <laughs> yeah. i'm 15 minutes past my the fact that you know that sound tells me you too <laughs> that's no amazing. i just i just know by how tired i am by like i'm like i have to have an argument with myself I'm like the sun's not even down yet you can't go to sleep no, I mean, I, I hope listener appreciates like 
the difference in time zones we're dealing with. Like I'm sitting here like an old man at 8.45 p.m. on the West Coast, and these guys are dealing with two and three hours difference respectively. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys staying up as late as you do for this. No, it's only it's fun that Brian doesn't know time zones. Yeah, it is no. because it's we're, we're both only two hours now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. If, at one point there was a difference in yes. the third hour. Yeah. yeah, it was miserable for me. You know, I retract yeah. any of my accolades and uh, <laughs> yeah. gratitude I was giving you both. You're both assholes, and you should go to bed because you're old, and I don't like you. Well, ten thirty yeah. is my bedtime, so <laughs> I like to watch a Simpsons episode now and fall asleep. Boy. You know, my wife's never seen The Simpsons. She's like, my parents didn't let me watch it. I'm like, what's wrong with them? Are they my- wheelchair people or something? <laughs> oh, what a great Can't way to end wheelies. the 29 episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not because they need to. They just really like the mobility. <laughs> uh, like a fat person at Walmart. Uh, All right. Now that's how I want to go out in 2019. All right. I love you, dummies. And let's do this again next year. Okay.